Have you ever been excited about a big idea or felt motivated to act on a cause that really lights a fire beneath you? But then the fear of judgment, not knowing the next steps, and just overall self-doubt get in your way? Then you are in the right place. Hello friends, and welcome to Driving Well Indigenous. I'm your host, Jill Featherstone. In this podcast, we will hear from movers and shakers and change makers who are out there doing the work and have come to share their stories to help make our journeys just a little bit more easier. So buckle up and let's get started. Hello, friends, and welcome to the podcast. So today we have Chadis Leo. He is the host and producer for his own show, Our Native Land, through Czech TV podcasts. The show currently broadcasts on Channel 6 every Tuesday at 8.30 a.m. Our Native Land is now approaching its 100th episode. During these episodes, he interviews mostly Indigenous, but also non-Indigenous individuals, artists, entrepreneurs, language teachers, cooks, workers, politicians, athletes, lawmakers, and members of the public who have something noteworthy to share about being Indigenous in Canada. But overall, Our Native Land seeks to highlight and exemplify contemporaneous Indigenous Canadians and their contributions to creating a new non-colonialist vision of Indigenous people as a thriving positive force building a Canada we can all call our native land. Fascinating. <laughs> Welcome. Take, thank you. I can't take all the credit for that. My my mother is also an incredible uh, writer, so we, we put that together. So <laughs> Nice. So before we get into everything, First, just tell us a little bit, a little bit more about the podcast and, you know, what it's like, the kind of the types of people that you interview, and then, and then we'll go into some questions. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for having me here, Jill. I really appreciate it. Yeah, the podcast started uh, just uh, almost two years ago, as you mentioned there. And the podcast, uh, when I first started, was just me, myself in a, a closet room inside of the TV station. So I was the very first one. Uh, and they wanted me to just they wanted to develop this this podcast uh, portion of the TV station. So through just a bit of a big learning curve, let's say I had to learn the program. I had a phone. It was during COVID. So I was just kind of mostly by myself. And I'd have a couple tech guys come in once in a while and give me some tips. And I just started, you know, it's one of those moments where like I didn't really know the direction that I was supposed to go. I just knew the theme was indigenous and how. I'm going to get there to make it entertaining was was the next challenge. But the the show itself is uh, now after, you know, finding its identity after a few few episodes down the road is is really, again, designed to uh, highlight um, indigenous stories. And, you know, it, as much as I'm the host or the producer, it's not about me like 98 percent of the time. It's about the people I'm interviewing and what they have to say, uh, especially myself being a. Uh, uh, urban indigenous uh, for the past decade now, um, I was struggling to find some connection to my culture and heritage, you know, moving away and studying and working off reserve. So being able to take the opportunity to kind of reconnect, even if it's not people necessarily from my tribe, right. uh, it's been a great opportunity to learn uh, and grow through um, the culture through the show. And I'm learning so much. And it's I think it's such a great platform that Czech has given um, myself to highlight these people. It's been a great journey so far. And I, this show is is being quite well received by by a lot of people from what I can tell. 
Mm-hmm. Well, you, you and I first connected because I was a guest on your podcast. Yes, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And that was, I think, during the pandemic, right? It was during the pandemic. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's, I mean, podcasts have taken such an incredible journey into most people's lives because of the pandemic. People are sitting at home trying to find time to connect and to entertain themselves. Uh, but yeah, you know, you're one of the categories of people I like to talk to, which is authors uh, who are Indigenous and uh, highlight the, you know, the stories that Indigenous authors are writing uh, and and sharing it. I just had a, a lady on the show who's a Cree author, and she just published a book uh, that's published in both Cree and English. So it's like an educational process, but also, uh, you know, an, an entertaining process as well, too. So uh, authors are are one of many different kinds of peoples that I that I like to have on the show, and and it was great to meet you that way. And here we are down the road, and you get to ask me questions now. Yeah, yeah. You know, when when you and I met, the thing that stuck out a lot in my mind was when the conversation that we had before the podcast. You know, when we were just talking about who we are and getting to know each other, and you were telling me a little bit about your your background and. So you're multiracial. Yes. And I find that so fascinating um, because usually, okay, growing up when you're multiracial, it's either you're you're indigenous and white or, you know, you're half and half and you have just this mixture of different cultures. Can you tell us about that? Of course. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for asking. I I sometimes forget because it's it's not like I look, wake up and look in the mirror and I'm like, wow, look at all the things I am, you know, like it's <laughs> so, uh, but um, yeah, so I'm, my indigenous side, um, first of all, is is Native American, Native Canadian. So my grandmother is uh, Native Canadian from Butte and Little, which are the Homalco people. Um, so that's a northeast uh, of Campbell River or northeast of Vancouver Island, which is where I live uh, when I'm not studying in Burnaby. Uh, and, uh, that was the traditional lands of the Malco people where my father grew up and, and whatnot. And, and that was there, uh, up until the early nineties, um, when the reserve moved to Campbell River. Anyway, so that's one portion, uh, also one quarter native American from my father's side. So, uh, from Washington state, the tribe is called the Stillwamish tribe of Indians. And that is just around Everett, Washington, just below, uh, British Columbia. And my grandfather was a fisherman, came up the Georgia Strait, which is now called the Salish Sea, went all the ways up, uh, ended up in Butte Inlet, which is where my grandmother was. And they had one child, which was my dad. And that's how I'm here. Uh, and then uh, also my my mom, the other side. So that's the interesting side, too, is that I'm uh, also South American. So um, Peruvian and Argentinian are, are the two main attributes of my South American side. So, yeah, Peruvian, Argentinian. Native American and Native Canadian. So it's quite a quite a crazy mix. Nice, it is. Yeah, like I've met a lot of people now that have told me, oh, you know, I'm half Indigenous, half, half El Salvador, or half Indigenous, half Vietnamese. And it's just so fascinating because I always wonder, do you feel that you're able to walk in both worlds? Or do you feel that society has tried to place you in one yeah, that's yeah, that's a great question because obviously there's this you know I it's pretty uh, obviously obvious that I have a you know an indigenous uh, you know talk show, um, so it can be pretty easily placed into this just an indigenous person who's has this indigenous show and that's uh, everything he is right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't nest I think at the beginning when I first started the show, I think like any young 
uh, podcaster, broadcaster, journalist, you get this little uh, edge of, uh, of, I'm like, I hope this isn't a form of tokenism, right? Like, I, I hope I'm not just getting hired because, because I just like, look at this native person, he's going to fit, this is going to work, and then we're going to look good, right? And that's not the case. So I just want to make that clear. Uh, Czech has been absolutely wonderful. And it's far beyond uh, far beyond what I'm saying there, they've been absolutely wonderful employers. But that, at a young age, you kind of think like, is this the only reason why, right? Uh, but fortunately, you know, through doing the show and and a support of friends and family, that you know, I've come to realize that the skill set and and the the resume I have behind me is ultimately what's powering my career path. And then what a great advantage it is to to be Indigenous to to take the platforms that are meant to be for us and use them. So I, uh, again, younger version of me might've felt a little bit of this, this, like, uh, you know, I need to fit within this piece of this jigsaw puzzle, uh, on the South American side, again, because I live in Canada, I was born in Canada. It's people are usually pretty shocked when they find out I'm South American. Cause I actually, I honest, again, being in Vancouver right now, I get mistaken for Punjabi all the time. People talk to me in Hindi in the taxi and, or in the Uber or out on the street, uh, uh, so, um, South American, I don't really feel this pigeonhole in, in any sort of way because, um, I, you know, have a pretty small, uh, network of people that I might talk to in Spanish and the rest are in South America. But the great thing is, is going to South America. I feel, I just feel at home. You know, I feel like I'm just Peruvian when I'm there. It's really, it's really a location thing, right. Uh, to answer your question, right. If I'm here in Canada or I'm doing my show or doing my work, I'm, I'm feeling more on the indigenous side of things for the most part. As soon as you drop me in South America, I'm talking Spanish fluently. And you're like, this guy's not even remotely indigenous. They wouldn't (laughs) know. And I wouldn't know, you know, so. (laughs) That's so cool. So how did you get into this world of podcasting? Mm -hmm. Did it it find you or did you find it? Like, how did this, Mm -hmm. how did it come about? I think it found me, uh, but I was looking for a career back in broadcasting journalism. Um, so I was in, uh, I was in TV when I was a young, young teenager. So I started volunteering at a TV station when I was 12 years old. And then I ended up getting a part-time uh, production assistant job by the time I was 15. And then I worked for Shaw until I was 18, 19 years old. So I was in TV for a good portion of my, my young life. And then I left it for almost a decade for the car industry, for, the hospitality industry, the entrepreneurship, uh, you know, person inside of me, you know, opening and closing businesses and selling them. So when COVID hit, I, like a lot of people, it's a, it's a life-changing moment. Like, what am I doing with my life? Where am I going? What, what, what's, what's next in store for me? And for me, again, approaching 30, so I was 28 at the time, 27 was deciding, uh, you know, what, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? It doesn't have to be permanently forever but like what what am I trying to establish myself uh, in regards to a career what's going to make me the happiest and I remember being a young child and working at the tv station volunteering being like I it didn't feel like a day of work and it was the longest job I ever held to be honest uh, at a young age it's like well if I just love that so much I should just do it full time and, and embrace it so first things an ad comes out through check um, didn't quite give that exact job that they posted but enjoyed how I spoke, how I, my mannerisms, how I carried myself. So it, uh, me and Czech kind of went on this journey through COVID, just kind of checking in with each other with no real uh, definitive answer of what I was going to do. And then finally, uh, towards the end of our two-year communication, when I was kind of just getting a little, you know, like upset, like, are we going to ever do anything? Where is this going? 
uh, they offered me this podcast gig. And to be perfectly honest, I had never even listened to a podcast before they offered it to me. Uh, so then I had to like, do I even like podcasts? I'm like, I don't even listen to them. You know, like, what are they like that kind of thing? <laughs> so, and I have, I have said this, I had said this on the record a couple of times, so I don't mind saying it, but I almost said, no, I, I got the offer. And I remember talking to my wife and being like, I don't think I want to do this. Like, this is not what I applied for originally. I just, this, you know, after all this time, I was expecting to, you know, maybe be a reporter, but realizing I didn't have the skill set yet to do that, I accepted it. I was like, she said, just try it. So sure enough, I tried it and we're almost at 100 episodes. So that's I skipped through a bunch. But I mean, now look at that. Right. So that's amazing. You know, I really like the part of your story where you talked about your experience as a child and the things you enjoyed and the dreams as, as, as a child. You know, I really strongly feel that as adults, when we're looking to our purpose and we're looking to our passion and we're trying to figure out what truly makes us happy, we should always look back into what made us happy as a child. What were our experiences as a child? What did we love doing? What excited us as a child? And if you can grab onto that and, you know, like almost like rekindle that in yourself or mm -hmm. um, just harness that in some way and bring it into into who you are now, that's who you truly are, I, I feel. Yeah, for sure. I, I can agree, too. I mean, like, you don't want to go as far back as like, oh, when I was a child, I had no responsibility. I want to do, <laughs> do that, you know, but uh, you yeah. got to go a little bit beyond that. But yeah, um, I mean, like, I mean, like you found you found your way too. I mean, like, you know, I, what I'm doing right now with with reporting is I didn't even realize it until I was there, which sounds kind of dumb. But like, I'm I'm making stories, I'm I'm writing something, I'm putting together this piece of art uh, that happens to be newsworthy. Um, in my opinion, and putting together this story. So like if you ever said I was going to, you know, five years ago, say I was going to write things and put a story together, I'd, I'd laugh at you. I'm like, no, nah, I don't. I don't do that. But now, I'm, now I enjoy it. And, you know, same with you. You you got to you just have a different a different form or I just have a different format than you. That's all. Mm -hmm. And then even that 10 years that you spent, you know, in as an entrepreneur and, you know, in the car industry and all that stuff. All of that, even though, you know, that isn't your life's calling, all of that plays into what you're doing today and those skills that you've learned, you know, you've probably brought them into everything that you're doing today. Oh, I can, I can totally agree, especially when it comes to the car industry, like you're dealing with so many people every day, um, you know, happy people, mad people, sad people, uh, you know, angry, like there's, there's all these emotions you deal with every day and uh, it's a tough industry it's it's rewarding uh on a financial level and i think that was the choice i made is i'm gonna do this uh car industry job because it's financially securing my future so uh you know i did it for as long as i could physically mentally you know and then once i got married it was just like you know i'm still working six days a week you know 12 14 hour shifts and and there was just there was no end in sight. And and at that point, we were like, you know what, we're, we're kind of, you know, I worked hard enough to get us in this, this spot. Um, and so did my wife and, and, uh, you know, the choice was made. And now I'm, I'm really happy with, with, uh, with where I am. But I mean, in between cars, and now, I was like, what can I do 
to interact with people where I'm giving them a hundred dollar experience instead of a hundred thousand dollar experience, you know? So uh, I picked the restaurant industry and, and I was able to have fun with that too. So. Mm, nice. You know, um, I'll just tell you a little bit about myself. Tell um, me, please. I was a teacher uh, for a number of years and then I was a university professor. And sometimes when I, when I think back on, you know, the direction that my life went in, I never would have thought that I would have been a teacher because I was such a horrible student. I was <laughs> so awful to my teachers. I had such a horrible, such a horrible experience in school, didn't like school. And then all of a sudden there I am, you know, a teacher. But the thing is, in the back of my mind, it was always, you know, people were saying, well, you either have to be a teacher or a nurse. You know, it's just like they're giving you two options. This is what you do. I didn't, I knew I wasn't going to be a nurse. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I have to go and be a teacher. And so I did that for a long time. And as rewarding as it was, um, I always knew that that's not really where I belonged. But where I ended up later in life, I would not have been where I was like if I hadn't had all those experiences and gained all of those skills you know I wouldn't have been able to build programs the way I build programs today I wouldn't have had the writing skills and you know all of those things that I needed so it's just like so amazing sometimes how life works itself out for sure yeah and it, it's such a demanding job my wife my wife did it for a short period and I I never saw her. She was just so mm -hmm. busy with teaching so with them but out of that comes again a, a great skill set Mm -hmm. So I have another question. Go for it. Um, so what is the personal goal or the personal mission? You know, not the mission of the podcast, but your own personal mission in, in this work that you do. Do you have like this, uh, a personal mission that you want to achieve? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? Never been asked that question before. So thank you. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, you put these thoughts in your head of like where you think you're going to be. Yeah, I mean, right now the uh, I'll I'll do sort of like a small I'll do like a small scope and a and a, a longer range scope. I think is the best way I can answer this. The short term is to finish my my study. So as I mentioned it before the podcast started here, I'm I'm doing a two year diploma at BCIT in Burnaby uh, for broadcast and journalism. So it's getting through that right now. So uh, the next step of that is uh, going to do my internship in Edmonton at a CBC. And then uh, I'll be done, you know, Edmonton and in December, stay there for Christmas, come back January, I'll be back at school, February, another internship, and hopefully I'll be on the island in March, uh, hopefully uh, full time, full time, uh, you know, uh, doing a co-op with with one of the TV stations uh, here on the island. So the short term is just get through school is get through school, do the best I can you know, still maintain the shows that I'm on and, you know, good grades and, and be the best father I can when I am present um, on the island. So that's the short-term goals. The long-term goal definitely is to continue providing a platform for Indigenous people that want to speak, that want to tell their story, tell their truth. And I, I, I think that's the best. I find I flourish in that element. I flourish in asking questions and, and being, uh, being a vessel for people to 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 tell their story and it doesn't have to be me but just a show and having those shows in general is a great vessel for people so i hope to continue the show uh through check i hope to you know be a reporter um and and continue telling stories now i want to be clear to that for me my dream of being a reporter is i want to be a reporter who happens to be indigenous mm -hmm. i don't want to be an indigenous reporter mm -hmm. there's a distinction between that and that's 
for those who want to be an indigenous reporter, that's okay. One of my uh, all-time inspirational uh, indigenous reporters is Wamish Hamilton out of CBC in Vancouver. Beautiful human being and does amazing work. And that's his calling, and he's so good at it. For me, I don't mind doing indigenous stories through my reporting job, but I also want to focus on other things that interest me too, which is food, culture, heritage, lifestyle. You know, a lifestyle reporter is what I ultimately want to be. Um, so that's the goal. And I'm always happy to tell our stories, but I don't want to be like, here, Chad, here's all of the indigenous stories, do all of them. I, I, that's, that's not my calling. That's great for somebody else, but it's, it's, it's not me. I will continue to tell those stories, but I want it to be mixed in salt and pepper with a bunch of other stuff. I like, Yeah, uh, you know, uh, uh, older in life, you know, I, I mean, I'd love to, to sit behind the desk and read the news and be an anchor one day it would be, it would be great. You know, that that's a hard goal to get. Uh, there's not many openings and it's, it's kind of taboo to, to go around and, and say that because it's such a hard position and, and, um, it's a tough goal, but I mean, I, I mean, I don't see, I see people like me on TV, like there's indigenous reporters. I see indigenous anchors at APTN, but to see an indigenous anchor on mainstream news, that's not APTN, I think is, is, uh, there are a couple, but I think there could be more. So, I mean, who knows, maybe yes. there's a spot for me. Yes. And you know, I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. Go it's, ahead. And you also don't want to be the token Indian. You know, but that that they had to hire. Yeah. Yeah. And 100%. yeah, because, you know, you want to be there because of the work that you do and, you know, on an equal footing and as an equal. A hundred percent. Yeah. And like I like I said, there's we need indigenous reporters to tell those stories a hundred percent. And I will I will help with it. I will I will gladly do the work, but I just don't want that to be the only thing I do. And, and I want it to be a, a mixture. And I also think that even if the the industry had uh you know 25 to 30 percent more indigenous reporters, let's say a bunch of them just like like snap, we got a bunch, there's still not enough of us to tell all these stories. Like it like you can't just leave it to us to do it. And I I mean, there might be some Indigenous reporters that disagree with me, but I think we can all tell these stories. There's a way to learn how to report on these stories in a sensitive manner that's respectful, that's insightful. You can reach out to us for help. But, you know, there's, there's I can't even think of the example, but there's some examples where there's some non-Indigenous stories. Uh, Non-Indigenous reporters have made some incredible Indigenous stories. And if they weren't there to do it, maybe we would have missed it. Maybe we wouldn't have caught it. So like, I think we all have a part to play in it because if you just leave it to indigenous reporters, there's going to be so, so many of those stories that are just going to lost. We're just going to take the main headliners and the rest of these all other really good stories are just going to drop. Mm -hmm. So I think I, th and again, I'm noticing it in like in a school format, uh, you know, in like in a CBC format, like there's programs and, and workshops in place for non-indigenous reporters to learn how to report on it properly. And it's not hard if you listen, it's not hard if you have respect. It's not hard if you make a relationship with an elder or a chief and sit there and listen. Like it, it takes a bit more time, but you will be rewarded for that time. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you for that. What I wanted to ask is, um, so you hear all of these stories. Is it just like you're receiving an education? Do you feel that way? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I do. And to admit it, like sometimes because I'm so busy, my level of research into my guest can be really good. And then sometimes I don't have a lot of time and it's a little less. I try and find this little middle ground with with this show where like I know just enough 
to ask questions and not sound like an idiot. Uh, and mm-hmm. then, but not, I don't, I don't research so much that I just know everything because then you're going to hear me in the podcast formally asking questions and you just know that I know the answer, but I'm asking because I have to, right? Mm-hmm. So I like this level of curiosity. So that way I'm genuinely entrapped in the conversation that I'm generally magnetized towards what the guest is saying to me. So um, I'm learning purposely all the time. And the great thing is when, when you kind of done a show for a while at the beginning, you're just trying to get some guests because you got zero listeners, zero viewers, and you're just trying to get some people. So you might not always get the exact thing that interests you. And this is no disrespect to any of my guests at all. I love all of them. They're great. But now that I'm at this position where I can really think, what's what do I really want to learn? What do I really want to know? I have a little bit of that flexibility to reach out to somebody and be like, hey, you know, I really want to understand what you're saying. And then I'm I'm having a better response because of the establishment of the show. But again, I'm able to really decide what I want to learn. And I think if I'm curious, then hopefully the listener and the viewer are just equally as curious because you can tell, right? If if you're not if you can just see me there going like, okay, what else do you do? Then people are going to be like, ah, off, right? Because <laughs> if, I, if I'm not interested, why should they be? Why why should right. they be? Why That's should right. another person be, right? Yeah, but I am learning so much for sure. Um, is there anything that you can share with us specifically that something that has stuck with you? Because I've only, I'm probably only about eight episodes into my podcast and mm-hmm. already you know, people are saying things and it's like, I'm having these, like what Oprah would call aha moments where I'm getting these like little life lessons. Like I'll give you an example. I uh, interviewed Amy Jackson from Native Love Notes uh, on my second podcast. And she said, sometimes when I feel afraid to take on new challenges, I have to ask myself, am I excited or am I scared? You know, because both can have the same feeling and, and just that, you know, well, I'm going to choose to be excited, you mm-hmm. know, and kind of like forge through and face those fears and just choose to be excited. So things like that have stayed with me. Do you have any, it's like little life lessons that you've heard from people that something is just stuck? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard a couple, I mean, a couple would be an understatement, but I've heard a lot of really amazing things from, from amazing people that I've interviewed. There's an, there's an elder I interviewed uh, last year's name, Gary Ullman, and he actually has his own podcast as well, too. It's uh, Teachings in the Air. And he's, uh, has the softest, most beautiful voice. And he said a lot of things, but one thing that he stuck, stuck to me is when we're just talking and he's just like, okay, let's breathe. Let's just take a moment to breathe and just appreciate, uh, you know, what we're doing and where we are. And it's on surface level, I'll be like, we're doing a podcast. Like, what are you talking about? Right. But if you get the time to to understand and to really listen that like this, you know, we get to take a breath. We get to be appreciative of, of where we are. And some people are less fortunate. Um, and there's all these different other underlying things that it makes you feel. He didn't say any of those extra things. He just said, let's just take a moment to breathe and, and enjoy where we are. And then we took a pause and then we kept going. And that was um, that was incredible because usually I'm just trying to, you know, make sure that I'm on time, that I'm asking the questions, you know, that we're, you know, talking in a way with commercial breaks because obviously we have a TV portion we're TV oriented podcast. Um, so just stopping and breathing is is a great one. It's a great one. And it, it and is. It, yeah. <laughs> it's it, sometimes less is more, right? Sometimes less talking is is more powerful than talking, right? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Another yeah. another piece of advice that I got that wasn't necessary from a guest, but it was from a journalistic perspective and uh, from a teacher. And um, because he's, he's listened to the show a couple of times and he had some some suggestions or some feedback and he taught me a really good question and you you, sh- you can use it if, if you ever find a, a time to use it. But a lot of the times when you're interviewing people, they don't they're a little shy. It's the first time they've done this or, you know, they're not ready to open up or maybe the right question hasn't come. And one of the great questions that I like asking, even when I do news reports now, is I ask, why should people care? And it's such a good question because if somebody's passionate about whatever topic you're talking about, they're they're going to be like, oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you why people should care or or why should I care, right? Which sounds kind of rude because I've asked the guests to come on the show and then I ask them, why should I care? But you'd be surprised the answers you get. And it's it's amazing. It's It was a great piece of advice, especially when you're interviewing people and they're just not giving you what, you know, like they're not giving you the juice, the juice off, like the meat off the bone. You know, there's the stories in there and you really need it. And they're just kind of beating around the bush. And it's an incredible question. It was one of the best pieces of journalistic advice and podcasting advice I've, I've ever had. Do you have to phrase it? You can, you can <laughs> phrase it less, more politely. I'm so abrupt. That's who I am, right? You're, there's so many people that are much kinder than me. Uh, but yeah, it could be, I don't know. Let's think you could probably be like, you know, why you can be like, why should the general public be interested in what you're doing? It's probably a way more polite version, yeah. but I let, I'm a shock value guy. So I, I, I'm a little too intense, but yeah, there's, there's better <laughs> ways to ask. Luckily, nobody's gotten mad at me and they've answered me. Maybe, maybe my luck's going to run out, but. <laughs> oh, that's good. Can you tell us a little bit about what are, what are some other shows you have other podcasts or other things on the, on the go right now? It's not just yeah. our native land podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, our native land uh, podcast and TV show is obviously the main one running for two years. Actually the day we're interviewed literally today is two years, uh, which is awesome. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So too, so our native lands one, uh, I, again, through these amazing opportunities of studying, going to school, uh, you know, other things uh, start to present itself. So the second podcast I'm working on is called Remember. And Remember is a podcast uh, where we're focusing on elder recordings and we're listening back to them and then giving it a modern twist. Because when you go record elders, um, it's a long sit down process. Some of these recordings are one, two, three hours long. Mm -hmm. So what we do is go and take really good juicy bits out of like where the the bulk of the information of the question is asked to them. And then we listen back to it. Uh, And these recordings were done in 2009 and they were talking about the past in 2009. So now we're like double listening, you know, going back twice, which is really cool. And then I always have one or two co-hosts with me uh, and we just kind of from the tribe and we all either know these people or heard of these people or might be related to these people in one way. And then we get to listen to, you know, how they hunt or they would talk i remember my grandmother doing this uh, or there's sad parts you know then i was taken away to residential school and then we have to have those conversations as well too so remembers another one and that's available uh, on spotify or wherever you get your podcasts the third one is um i'm working uh, with tours in vancouver island to put a show together I can't really say much about it because we're having a a release of it um, in the new year. So I can't really give you much detail about it, but it's, I hosted that one and that's been about a year of production kind of behind the scenes and uh, we're looking forward to uh, releasing it. 
Is that I don't a, a podcast or a TV? It, oh, yeah, it's also a podcast. Yeah, it's a podcast as well, too. And uh, again, because it's tours in Vancouver Island, it is going to be related uh, to Vancouver Island uh, and have a, an Indigenous twist to it as well, too. Again, I don't know how much I can say or can't say, so I'm just going to leave it right there. But uh, yeah, so that's the third show. And uh, otherwise, I'm, I'm again, working on the main show is, is the main the main goal and and helping out with these other ones. Uh, I just got signed with BCIT for six months to be an influencer for them to like show them my life and like going to campus, going to my internship. So that's also a cool new opportunity that just uh, came up recently. And uh, yeah, and then I've been working on trying to develop some other uh, TV shows or show um, just through writing and planning and, and you know, kind of doing a, a treatment of of work. So there's, again, can't say too much about that. Just trying to work on, work on lots of things in the background. And, you know, some of these things will stick and I might get it. Some of the things I'll, will work on for months and it might not work out, but the great thing is once you've written some kind of a show, it's in writing and it's yours. So if one person doesn't want it, you just kind of go to the next until, until it works out. So again, can't say too much about that either, but, uh, lots of, lots of fun little things in the background. That's amazing. Okay, so you are a husband, a father, a student, and you have three podcasts and <laughs> uh, all of all of these things that you're doing. Yes. Where does this drive come from? Like, what's driving you, and what keeps you going? Uh, and you know, even just to give yourself a hundred percent to each of these areas. Oh yeah, thank you. Thank you for asking me that. Coffee is usually the first answer. <laughs> uh, um, no, there it comes comes within. Obviously, like you said, there's there's something that ignited me to do this, and it's an incredible feeling to just be doing it and not really not really questioning why, right? Like something's just telling me to do it, and and I I'm not really pinpointing it in this section of, of my heart or my mind. It's just something that I wake up and do. And I just want to do it. Like I said, when I was 12 to 18 years old working or volunteering at the TV station, it didn't feel like work. It was fun. It was pleasurable. It's like the longest job I had held down. And I left that. I met, I remember like it was yesterday leaving that building, uh, the TV station and crying. I was just like, I don't want to leave this place. And I couldn't transfer my job from one city to the next and I tried to volunteer uh, at the other city and try and get a job. And then an opening came up. I applied for it. I was the perfect person to get that job. And I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, how did I not get this? Like, I'm like, I'm meant, meant for this. Mm -hmm. And then I just got angry at TV for like 12 years and I just never did it. And, um, <laughs> and so to be back now and like, again, check has been so incredibly gracious with their facilities their time their energy their mentorship like they're they're helping me along this journalism journey even if i'm not there they're they're helping me and i think that fuels me is knowing that i have a you know a somebody behind me that's giving me a, a platform uh that's there to help me uh that's there to to give me an opportunity because these are these are few and far between in some smaller communities or smaller places right so it's the, i think the fuel and the passion comes from loving doing it enjoying the reception i'm getting from people giving other people the opportunity to tell their story be a small piece of the pizza and 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 what i hope is a path towards reconciliation which is just listening and learning and growing um 
Yeah, I, I, I took a whirlwind of an answer on that one because it's it's a hard question. I, I really can't pin it down to one thing. Oh, but that's so perfect. You know, I just love everything that you said. And especially for anybody that's listening, it's like basically just follow follow your heart and, you know, that what is driving you, that passion, that fire inside and pay attention to that yeah. and, you know, see where it takes you uh, because, you know, just... I'm not, I don't want to say good things are always going to happen, but it's what is meant for you, you know? And so whatever happens within that space is also meant for you. And, uh, and I truly believe that. So thank you so much, you know, for for all of that. And where can we find you? Oh yes. The promotional part. I love it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I asked you the same thing. Yes. So where can you find me? Uh, I have a website with links to a lot of this stuff, which is just chattisleo.ca. Uh, T-C-H-E-D-A-S-L-E-O.C-A. Wow. It's the morning time here. I apologize. Um, <laughs> we'll put <laughs> it in the name? show notes. Yeah, though. you put it in the show notes. Okay, awesome. So yeah, you got my website. Uh, Facebook, I just type our native land podcast. We've got about 1,700 followers on there, which is incredible. Uh, and then on Instagram, I'm just chattis underscore Leo. Um, and then um, and then the website through check is just checknews.ca slash O-N-L. Uh, and then... Uh, yeah, I mean, I got a TikTok, but like nobody goes there for me. It's it's <laughs> look it up if you want to go that far, but it's there. Yeah, well, uh, that's that's one of those things when you're 30 and you sign up for TikTok. I just don't know what to do with it. But I know I love TikTok. <laughs> I love I love watching TikToks. Yeah, yeah. So thank you so much uh, for everything, and we will look for you on Instagram, and we will also look for you on tv hopefully yes in the future we will look for you thank you for listening and i hope you were able to find a takeaway from this episode don't forget to share with a friend who may need some motivation today or share on your social media and inspire all your friends and if you'd like some live inspiration join us on december 2nd in winnipeg at our live event just visit www.jillfeatherstone.com for details bye for now